Hey, it's Dan Martin here, and it's on education. And today, we're going to be talking about growth mindset. Have you ever heard the expression, if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you probably will? And so that leads us to, th uh, to feel like that our attitudes about our ability to achieve things uh, influence our performance. And certainly, uh, that is the case. Have you ever had a child come up to you and say, I really suck at science or I really suck at math or I really suck at English and you're not going to be able to teach me anything. And so the battle becomes changing their mind and getting them to have some confidence in their own abilities uh, within your subject matter. And I found that a lot of times when a student starts off with that kind of uh, mindset, uh, that closed mindset, that it's more difficult to teach them the subject matter at hand. And so today we're going to be talking about what is a growth mindset, what is a fixed mindset, and then we're going to look at some studies to see if mediation helps improve student performance. Okay, so what is exactly a growth mindset? Well, a famous uh, psychologist by the name of Carol DeWick and her colleagues uh, defined it this way. They said, the belief that a person's capabilities and talents can improve over time. And she uh, wrote a, a book about her studies called, uh, called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And she also had a really powerful TED Talk um, that you can look up to, and I'll provide uh, references below for those uh, for those article that article and pot in a TED talk. So DeWick's uh, initial studies were conducted with hundreds of students, mostly adolescents, and uh, she found something that was quite startling. She uh, found that students with a fixed mindset will reject learning if it means not failing. So students were given a fairly challenging uh, problem, a nonverbal IQ test, then praised for their performance. Some students were told, wow, you got X uh, number right. Uh, that's a really good score. You must be smart at this. And then other students were told, wow, you got X uh, many right. That's a really good score. You must have worked really hard. In other words, some were praised for ability and others were uh, praised for effort. DeWick writes, the ability, uh, the ability praised pushed students right into a fixed mindset, and they showed all the signs of it too. When, they were, uh, when uh, we gave them a choice, they rejected a challenging new task that, would, uh, call, that, would, could, uh, that they could learn from. They didn't want to do something that would expose their flaws and call into question their talents. And so this whole thing uh, kind of highlights the need of not praising uh, native intelligence or telling kids that they're smart, but to praise effort. And so uh, here are some of the uh, ways that you can tell if an adolescent or a student has a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. So if let's start with a fixed mindset first. Uh, students that have a fixed uh, mindset are afraid of challenges. They avoid situations where they can make mistakes. They feel like they're either good or bad at certain tasks, and they feel like their intelligence is fixed, and they shrink when they're criticized. 
uh, students with growth mindsets love challenges. Uh, they're not discouraged by setbacks. They feel confident that they can improve and they feel intelligence is not static. It, they relish feedback. And I, I can think back to lots of my students um, over the years. I had this one young man that came into my classroom and he was uh, uh, taking uh, honors chemistry class and he was a freshman and he came, he rolled in there and uh, he wasn't he wasn't particularly a good-looking kid. Uh, he was a little bit overweight, um, but he was very personable, and he always felt like no matter what he got on an exam, it, it never discouraged him. Uh, he always felt like that he could attract the most most beautiful girl in the class, and he just had exuded confidence and we we always said that he was going to uh, make you know great strides in his life and get a lot done and then i've had uh, other examples uh, would be i've had uh, other students in class come in and and they would just be concentrating on their grade they 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 wouldn't uh, they would get really discouraged if they got a bad grade on a test they wanted to know how to improve their grade and their whole emphasis was on proving how smart they were and therefore if they ever made a mistake it would almost crush them and they weren't used to making mistakes because they they uh you know put forth great effort but any kind of setback or anything like that would just crush them and so how do you develop the mindset that you know you're going to achieve no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how tough it gets, and and that's what we're going to discuss in in the um, in our discussion uh, as we go along. Okay, so how does uh, having a growth mindset improve performance? And so I was curious to see if there had been any work done on on this, and I pulled up several uh, articles that have been been done, but the one that really had a nice um, a nice glossary of the of the the work that has been done was one um, entitled an online growth mindset intervention in a sample of rural adolescent girls and the main author here is uh, Burnett uh, they have Burnett and Russell uh, listed first and it was published in the uh, British Journal of Education Psychology uh, in uh, 2018 and I'll provide the references for these articles so that you can look at them yourself and uh, in their glossary they went through and cited uh, the most current research at the time uh, of, uh, of growth mindset interventions and uh, what they found was uh, that there there was uh, there are uh, authors that have reported improvement in student performance in grade point averages um, but having said that it was kind of a hit and miss type of thing uh, some of the authors uh, in their studies found that there was absolutely no difference after their interventions and usually their interventions were uh, some sort of, of uh, survey that they took after encouraging the students um, in uh, doing uh, trying to alter their opinions of tackling hard tasks and so forth and they they uh, this the studies were really only conducted for a very short period of time maybe a year or so um, and so uh, it's not surprising that they got 
to me that they got mixed results. Um, uh, what they found was here, they said, however, despite many successful interventions, some work has failed to result to find results. And they go on to, to mention that some of the ones that didn't find results were underpowered, which means that their sample sizes weren't very large and, and that sort of thing. And so um, I, I think it's not surprising that um, that this occurred uh, because really when you when you uh, only do a, a brief intervention, maybe at the beginning of somebody's freshman year and don't fall through to see how it would affect their performance in subsequent years if you did the same type of encouragement and interventions. Uh, I think that uh, you would you would uh, maybe find different results if it were a longer term study. Uh, having said that, however, let's look at another study here that was conducted. And this one was a larger study and it was the largest one that I found. Um, and it is entitled Using a Growth Mindset Intervention to Help Ninth Graders, an Independent Evaluation of the National Study of Learning Mindsets. Okay, and so uh, it lists uh, Zaya, Pita, Garcia, Ivani, Boxer, uh, and so forth as its authors. And um, so what they did was uh, they, uh, they tested growth mindset interventions with a larger uh, set of students. And this was uh, uh, conducted by the National Study of Learning Mindsets. And so that gives you an idea of maybe that they have some sort of stake in the results that the that the group is, is called that. But hopefully uh, that was not the case. Uh, so. Uh, so they implemented a low, uh, low cost growth mindset intervention uh, specifically designed for ninth graders in a nationally represented sample of regular high school students between 2015 and 2016. The national study used a student level randomized control trial design to gauge the impacts of the intervention of student mindsets. Uh, this was funded um, by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation partially. And uh, so what they found here, or their, their stated findings in the abstract were uh, the intervention changed students' self-reported mindset beliefs, their attitudes towards uh, efforts and failure, and their views on academic challenges. Uh, immediately after the intervention, students were more likely to take on challenging academic tasks. The intervention produced statistically significant impacts on students' average uh, academic performance, uh, improving their uh, grade point average as well as their math GPA and reducing the proportion of students with failing grades. Certain growth of certain groups of students in schools might benefit more from interventions than others. These groups include students with relatively low academic achievement before the intervention, uh, students in the mid-range of academic performance spectrum and schools where students are more inclined to take on challenging tasks. Um, these findings are substantially consistent with the results published by the NSLM research team. Okay, so uh, that's all well and good. And I wanted to look at the data that they presented. Let's take a look at that. Okay. So uh, the changes in their in their beliefs, and so they they gave them a a survey and asked them to 
uh, rate uh, the following ideas uh, between a scale of one to six. Um, one strongly disagree to six uh, strongly agree. So the type of questions they ask are, uh, are as follows. You have a certain amount of intelligence and you really can't do much to change it. Well, uh, the, the program response uh, was uh, 2.23 and the control response was 2.59 and they, uh, they said that that was a significant um, difference. So more students in the, uh, in the program uh, tended to disagree with that statement. Um, it says here, your intellect is something uh, about you that you can't change. Well, again, the program response was lower uh, than the uh, control. And so uh, most all these uh, statements uh, uh, denoting a more positive attitude toward learning and taking on challenging tasks were improved by the intervention. Uh, except for this very last one, it says here, I can get a higher score next time if I find a better way to study. And so the, the, the uh, response was, uh, was about the same for both of those. However, uh, the attitudes of the students were fairly good uh, when it comes to improving their study habits. Uh, it was four and a half and, um, uh, and just under four and a half for for uh, it was 4.54 for the program students and the control students thought that uh, that they could improve by improving their study habits and their uh, their strongly agree uh, score there out of six was 4.53 so um, there was no difference in between the groups on that and so I don't find that uh, uh, particularly shocking and I think that that's uh, that's great that uh, the encouragement and the intervention seem to work here. Now let's talk about um, the actual performance of the students. And this is what I find a little bit more interesting and um, maybe something uh, that we can uh, uh, look at in uh, more detail. And so let's look at the GPAs of the students in the program and outside the program. And they say that they're significant here, but if you look at the raw data here, the students in the program had a cumulative grade point average of 2.59. And the students uh, that were not in the program had a GPA of 2.55. And so only uh, four hundredths of a difference there and they're noting that this is significant. And when I looked at that, I thought, wow, you know, that's a very, very small difference to, to note significance. And uh, I think the, 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 the thing that's notable here is that there was a tremendous number of students in the sample population. Uh, it says here in the notes, the number of observations is 11,888 for the GPA. And so you can see there that, that that whenever you have a large number, everything tends to gravitate toward the mean. And they're doing a t-test uh, type of evaluation for significance. 
And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but usually t-tests are used for smaller population size. Uh, and, and I saw that there is some disagreement on whether uh, that you should use a t-test for larger populations. Uh, but, you know, a little, a little bit better, you know, and whether it's significant or not, couldn't tell you, really. <laughs> they say it is, so maybe we should take their word for it. Uh, poor uh, performance. Okay, so these are students that have a, a failing grade point average. Uh, so uh, what is noted here, uh, poor performance is indicated when average GPA is 1.0 or lower. All right, so this t-test said that um, that the students in the program, the number of failing students dropped substantially from 29.7 in the program group to 32.1 in the control group. And so they noted a substantial difference in being able to, um, to uh, intervene in students uh, having those very, very low uh, grade point averages. Uh, math GPA um, here, uh, again, a slight, slight difference uh, between the, uh, the students that went, underwent the intervention, the program students, and the students that um, uh, did not go through the program. All right, so let's kind of just generally discuss this for a minute. Uh, this was uh, a, a, a large study, and so they have a lot of data here, so it wasn't at all underpowered, um, and, but it was only for a year. And how much you can really change students' attitudes in a year, uh, I'm very skeptical of. Um, maybe, uh, you know, the, the grades themselves didn't improve uh, all that much. But uh, certainly you can't argue with the results of, of uh, lowering the number of students um, that potentially would drop out of high school. Uh, if you have a grade point average under one, um, it's, it's very likely uh, that you're going to have some, some, uh, some issues with those students as, as, as they go along and maybe encouraging those and, 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 uh, and maybe getting those students to believe in themselves a little bit more is, is definitely uh, worth the effort. So this is an article that uh, I want to discuss here. It's called The Assumptions uh, Are Made, uh, What Assumptions Are Made When Conducting a T-Test? And this is by J.B. Maverick, and it's reviewed by Michael J. Boyle. And just some general observations here. T-tests are commonly used in statistics and economics to establish the value of two outcomes or variables uh, are different from one another. The common assumption made when doing a t-test include those regarding the scale of measurement, random sampling, normality of data distribution, adequacy of sample size, and equality of variance in standard deviation. Okay, so it says here, a t-test is a statistical method used to determine if there is a significant difference between the means of two groups based on a sample of data. All right, so that gives me some concern about this last test because it, it really wasn't a sample. It was all the kids. Um, and 
they probably would have gotten better results if they did some random sampling and decreased their sample size. Um, you know, they said adequacy of sample, sample size. Well, the, the adequate sample size is very low in a t-test. Uh, and so that's one of the concerns I had with using a t-test here. The test reply uh, relies on a set of assumptions for it to be interpreted properly and with validity. Among these assumptions is the data must be uh, sampled from the population of interest and variables must fall a normal distribution. And I don't think that there's any problem uh, with that large of a population following a normal distribution. Um, and, and so I think that, that uh, those things are okay. But the fact that it, it really wasn't a sample and it was a, a large group of students makes me believe that, that maybe they should have used some other type of statistical analysis. So uh, here it says hypothesis in which the statistics being tested for is expected to correspond to a t-distribution if the null hypothesis is supported. And so this whole thing of null hypothesis means that you reject the null hypothesis that there's no difference. And, and that's what they did. Uh, they said that there was a difference. And, and that's okay. A t-test is an analysis of two population means through the use of statistical uh, examination. A t-test with two samples is commonly used with small sample sizes, testing with differences between two samples when the variance of two normal distributions are not known. And so, you know, again, um, small sample sizes uh, is one of the things that these authors kind of emphasize. Now, I did look online and there were other people that said using a t-test with larger sample sizes was uh, was okay or valid and they said that uh, that you had to be careful with your degrees of freedom and and certainly the authors here uh, no doubt uh, did that okay my view here <laughs> okay Certainly, we need to encourage students to develop a growth mindset in the classroom. That whole saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you probably will. And I think that that is uh, definitely uh, something that we need to do. I feel that it's not going to be uh, a cure for all things. Uh, certainly, your attitude uh, determines your altitude, as they say. But there are other factors involved as well. Uh, and we will, in it's on education, discuss lots and lots of those factors. Um, and uh, certainly, in the age of COVID and what we've been through, we have our hand uh, we have our hands full in terms of getting our students caught up and encouraging uh, learning. Uh, probably the only good thing that's uh, come out of this is that parents are more aware of what's going on in the classroom and want to be more involved. And I think that that's a great, great thing. Uh, uh, my dad always said he could tell a good school from a bad school. He said, a good school when you drive by uh, during parent-teacher conference, you can't find a parking spot. A bad school, uh, you, you can't, uh, you can 
park right in the front row. There's not a whole lot of cars there. So parent involvement is crucial in the education of our children. And uh, so I think it's been a good thing that parents have become more aware and involved in uh, the education of our youth. Uh, also, uh, uh, in the next few podcasts, in the next podcast, we're going to talk about ways to actually encourage this growth mindset and also propose some changes in our system that will encourage growth in our students. I think a lot of the things that we do in terms of our our emphasis on grades, our time delimited uh, classes, uh, and um, there's all sorts of things that we do that I think that we uh, kind of discourage a growth mindset. In fact, it's just the opposite. We, we encourage a fixed mindset. We don't encourage students to take harder classes because of this whole thing of grade point average. So, but we'll get into that next time. And so I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you found it valuable. Uh, and we will uh, um, talk about uh, ways to encourage a growth mindset uh, in the next couple of videos. Peace. Mm -hmm.